Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us here at the Rowdy Buddhist Podcast. It's always wonderful to have an opportunity to uh, make another podcast. I wanted to talk about specifically today, uh, right now I'm writing a book concerning uh, the practice of Shikan meditation uh, within uh, Nichiren Buddhism. And uh, one of the interesting things, a lot of this information hasn't been written or explained. Uh, the translation of the Makashikan has been done, very good translation by uh, Professor uh, Swanson. Uh, however, uh, how to utilize it properly, I mean, even a lot of, uh, because now the Makashikan is taught in a university educational uh, institution rather than as its original uh, purpose being taught from st uh, teacher to student. And so today I wanted to talk about something that I, I believe is really essential uh, to understand but also to be aware of. And again, to just give you an insight of you may be asking, well, what is the Makashikan? Makashikan is a uh, collection of passages and information concerning how to effectively and efficiently practice uh, concentration and insight meditation. And one of the things I'm going through right now for this first book would be what's called the 25 preparatory practices. Now, when most people think they sit down for meditation, uh, you just uh, take 20 minutes or uh, 15 minutes or whatever, however long you do it out of your day, sit and practice meditation. However, uh, originally, uh, there's a lots of preparation. That means things need to um, be looked at uh, and seen more closely and, and really understood through wisdom and compassion rather than just sitting with all of your uh, how do you say garbage supposed to speak or suffering so in these 25 preparatory practices uh, there are things that can hinder the practice of concentration and insight uh, and hinder one's practice because it's it's important to understand that as I stated many times the purpose of the Buddha's teaching is not just for the teaching or the practice itself the purpose is the ultimate purpose is for us to be able to seek into uh, awakening and to overcome our suffering and if the Buddha wishes as we see in chapter 16 to most efficiently and most effectively do this as is possible and this is why Master Tiantai's work are what all most of the Buddhist meditation practices are based on um, and it's interesting because you may not see how these certain elements such as even physical elements such as sleep or nutrition affect your practice but of course as we know and we see the interlinking of body mind spirit um, we're able to see how these can absolutely affect our practice to enter into concentration and I wanted to go over today what they call, uh, this is just one section of the 25 preparatory practices, which is under the idea of uh, one of the concepts of distractions such as restlessness and remorse. And in this particular chapter, um, Master Chantai goes into the idea of the impediments of doubt. Now, of course, doubt uh, many people can see as a very positive thing. Uh, otherwise, then where I come from, that would make you naive. 
However, there's a very fine line of entering into um, what is constantly, as we would call it, doubting Thomas, uh, or someone who just simply does it uh, because that's their way of observing the world. That's kind of their shtick. Um, the same as when people engage in conversations but always play devil's advocate, never advocating for one stance or another. Uh, Master Tantai says that all of these are impediments uh, to one's practice. And he goes into the concept of doubt. Now, at the beginning, he specifically says that this is not the doubt that obstructs insight into the truth, uh, but the doubt that obstructs the practice and attainment of samadhi. So this is not the idea of the concept of truth that we're doubting or uh, the uh, implications of truth or what truth is. This is just simply what obstructs our practice. And that in practice is, of course, the first part of concentration, which leads to insight. Concentration meaning continuous concentration or samadhi. So he goes on to say that there are three kinds of doubt. Now, the first is to, of course, doubt yourself. Second is to doubt your teacher. And third is to simply doubt the Dharma. Now, as a practitioner and as a teacher, uh, I've experienced this both... Uh, not so much in my practice, uh, but in many people's practice because of, uh, again, this is what Master Tantai says, characteristics of an individual. And again, our characteristics are simply how we, uh, how do you say, how we arrange our thoughts, our ideas, our stances, our beliefs uh, in order to survive. Uh, something that protects us um, so that we're not injured or hurt, uh, and also that we uh, perhaps are able to defend ourselves from people who we may interpret to uh, want to do us harm or disrespecting, etc. Uh, very much the lizard-type mind. So let's go into each one. So first is to doubt yourself. And again, it's interesting because Dr. Swanson here puts in to think because again, this is originating with concepts or ideas that we have come to believe. Uh, by our limited perception, our limited understanding, our limited experience, that these are indeed truth. So we, we think to ourselves uh, that my, my body, myself, is inadequate um, and inferior. Uh, we, we can take that on by the opinions of others, by opinions of ourselves, uh, by multiple defeats, etc. And we believe that we're, on, we're incapable of attaining the way and actually, I've brought this up to many Buddhists because I don't believe many Buddhists really believe in the concept of the Buddha's enlightenment. They, as if a passing whim or a passing idea that they can accept, because to simply accept an idea doesn't mean that you have to fully buy into it and, and live by it. So it's, it's a kind of whimsical idea that, yes, the Buddha attained enlightenment. Easy to say that. Uh, but as we see through Nietzsche and Shonen's practice, the idea of faith is not so easy to attain. And even then meeting the teachings and, and being able to accept them is difficult. So I've seen this in many times. Um, even one time I had met a famous singer named Morrissey and, you know, they, my friend had visited and talked to him and asked why, and this is my question, why he doesn't become a Buddhist because, you know, at that time, very vegetarian, very, you know, um, how do you say, reformist, etc. And he said he wasn't a good enough person. And and it's interesting because um, 
I think most people think that way, that they think that the Buddha can do it, but they can't. So that's why, in, in many ways, I think many Buddhists don't really believe in the practice of Buddhism. That's why they don't, of course, exert themselves and dedicate themselves um, in all aspects of their lives to walking the path of Buddhism. And so, as I said before, you know, Buddhism becomes an education system where we study a bunch of doctrine, people debate online whether somebody understands a doctrine or teaching or is this correct or is this founder correct or uh, this teacher correct. Actually, it's, it's very much in the Buddhist concept of engaging in idle debate and in a way uh, without any real purpose because they have no skin in the game. Again, you only have skin in the game if you're practicing uh, and, and trying to... Um, inculcate the dharma into one's life and, and of course as we see here examining these aspects of our life which of course isn't easy uh, to maybe understand one's own idea of self-doubt especially nowadays where people uh, intentionally think that just by speaking big of themselves or or saying big things about them about their character or whatever or if they speak louder etc that that makes them powerful but it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't doubt uh, themselves and this essentially is to doubt the ability of your own body uh, many people and, and again this is what we talk about in the concept of rationalizing that one simply rationalizes themselves out of practicing Buddhism well you know uh, I, 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 I practice Buddhism on my own terms right again which is not Buddhism if you're practicing on your own terms so if you simply just accept the Dharma based on what you uh, what you want fulfilled, uh, or what you wish. Um, again, the Dharma is wonderful. It may work in, in, in many ways for you. But again, uh, in, if we're looking for efficiency on that, those are things that we'll, we'll have to, of course, examine. But most people don't examine. They just simply use the uh, title Buddhist. Okay, So the first is, of course, self-doubt and thinking about self-doubt and believing it. And then even the idea of not understanding that perhaps you are doubtful of yourself. Uh, that is kind of a, uh, how do you say, two personalities, one that is uh, extremely confident, and then when one is by themselves, they're not confident in reality. Uh, so therefore, they, they may bark more, they may yell more, etc. And then the second one is to doubt your teacher. And it is to, again, think, because it doesn't necessarily mean it's real. This person does not physically or verbally meet my expectations. Now, this has always been a challenge. Again, um, this is just, again, the lizard brain, the simplistic brain, ego, comparing itself to others, which, of course, as we know, is a dead end. Um, but again, looking at someone uh, based on the external characteristics physically, or even if someone does not meet our verbal, uh, you know, expectations. And what that usually means is just making people feel good that every time they go to see this teacher, uh, they love the teaching, you know, they love the Dharma. And a lot of times, even when I give lectures, um, people come up and say that. And a lot of times they can't even repeat what I, what I was explaining to them or sharing with them. So a lot of times it's just an emotion that they're simply uh, living on. So again, they're not really accepting the teachings, they're just bathing in the teachings, so to speak. And 
they then think or wonder to themselves, how can this person have achieved a profound dhyana meditation and a gracious wisdom? Again, dhyana, that is a concentration, uh, awakening, uh, you know, samadhi, and also wisdom. A lot of times people are unable to see that. And of course, as a bodhisattva, it doesn't mean that all of us are bodhisattvas or uh, Buddhas. We're simply beings who practice the Dharma. And in being practicing the Dharma, as we explained before, as a good spiritual friend, uh, that means one that perhaps has more dedication than we do, uh, perhaps more, um, how do you say, belief or faith uh, that can also profoundly, of course, influence us. And of course, uh, attaining samadhi. Being an example, uh, somebody to, of course, bounce it off rather than looking at a book or, again, Buddhism. Mostly nowadays, most people have called themselves Buddhist or just simply practicing their own form of uh, idol worship, uh, and of course, in the guise of the Buddha, because not many people know enough to say that that's not Buddhism. Uh, so again, they usually say they don't need a teacher, don't need other people. They practice their way. They have their own standards. Of course, they. Of, even in their social or political or uh, or any of their views, base it on the reality of Buddhism, which, of course, is the beginning of the Eight Noble Path, okay? So, again, <laughs> looking into one's beliefs and knowing whether one's belief is based in ego or based in ignorance, or is it based on the true Dharma? And uh, they think, if I follow this teacher, how can I not be led astray? So, again, doubting in the idea of just doubting everything. Um, this, is, this is a big issue, I believe, in most practices because if you don't um, pander to people or give them what they want and if they don't feel, not even just basically good that they've learned something, if they don't feel ecstatic because there are so many things that are being offered. Like, for instance, um, you can feel happy by getting a, a package quickly by ordering any desire, anything that you want online and getting it within 24 hours or even less nowadays. Um, being able to uh, go out and do whatever you want, uh, you know, engage in whatever belief you want, etc. that maybe is not based in reality. These are things that, especially nowadays, we have such a, so many vehicles to take us there so quickly that sometimes, you know, hard work is something that people don't want to do. Uh, because it kind of kills their buzz. I think most people in that way are uh, addicts of this uh, kind of emotional and intellectual and uh, physical high uh, that is brought about by this, uh, the industrialization and uh, also the modern world, digitalization as well uh, of the modern world, that people just can have every wish fulfilled. So the Dharma itself, in, as, and of course it's many challenges, um, seems daunting and also not that exciting because they can't get that high that they can get from ordering whatever food that they want, feeling whatever desire that they want, getting whatever they want. Um, it's just another, of course, symptom of suffering. And so, of course, uh, if a teacher is not, you know, does not fulfill every little desire and, and conversation that they want when they want it, etc., like spoiled children, uh, then they look at that teacher and say, how can I not be led astray by this person? 
and the third one is to doubt the Dharma, simply doubt, doubt the practice of Buddhism. Now, when you say Dharma, uh, Dharma since teaching is teaching. So that's why it's important. As I was taught by my Sanskrit and Pali teacher to always put Buddha Dharma before. It denotes the Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha. So to doubt the Dharma is simply to think that the teachings that one has received are not necessarily the truth. So that means shopping uh, for teachings. It's interesting. I uh, in teaching, <laughs> if you can, if you can practice and attain one form of practice or one form of meditation, uh, it's quite remarkable. And that would, of course, not be a life uh, without worth. But people jump around finding teachers that inspire them, quote, uh, finding teachers that um, make them feel good, positive. You know, and, and again, this is in the, this concept of restlessness uh, of spirit that people have. And of course, Master Tantai says that's uh, it's observed in three aspects. That is, of course, the body, which is you can see people are so restless they can't stay in one place. Then you have of the mouth, where people just constantly want to um, engage in endless uh, debate, or most of the time it's just sharing information that they think they understand. But it's interesting. Um, one of these uh, scientists that said that he quoted, um, and it was a great quote, he said, uh, and I'm going to just paraphrase it because I don't know it exactly, but that you can just know enough to not know that you're wrong. Um, so therefore, people study books, uh, of course, without practical practice um, through an actual teacher or a tradition, and, and they believe they understand it. Uh, you know, this is, of course, the definition of Pataki Buddha, private Buddha. And of course, that is uh, characterized by ignorance, uh, arrogance. So, the uh, third one after mouth, because of people just constantly debating, and that's that makes them feel good and show that they know something over others. Then the the, the third one is heart, and that means that one's heart is basically uh, all over the place. The heart itself, um, basically. They talk about the heart in the sense of being scattered, restless in, you know, amongst the images of information, ideas, um, which we always allow this kind of free access to our mind. Um, when we get absorbed in like worldly things, like even worldly literature, arts, um, different talents, etc., and these things, if not properly understood through the practice of Buddhism, can actually become, the, as they say, the stimulation of evil concepts and images in one mind. This is called the restless mind. So as we can see, you know, all of these things influence us, but we don't really take it seriously. And, and, and you can see this in the practice of Buddhism. I mean, just look at any Buddhist uh, magazine. Uh, everything we see there is opinion. Um, very few things are matched with the Dharma. Uh, very, you know, of course, things uh, in the Buddhist magazine that I remember trying to publish something concerning basic meditation, and they, they weren't interested because they wanted me to focus on social or kind of um, issues that people were 
kind of uh, concerned with at that most at that moment or things that were just in you know in the modern how do you say modern thought or momentary thought what's in the news etc instead of understanding what the root is and and how we can practice and 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 of course the basics are always where we start they weren't even interested in that so again as we can see most people probably won't be interested in understanding master tiantai's uh, preparatory practice that they wish to just sit down and, and practice simple meditation for what they consider to be mindfulness and again that mindfulness that most people practice for is not the mindfulness of true concentration it's a it's a simplistic uh, concentration that allows them to do whatever uh, desire uh, their restless mind requires them of that moment and that if you, you know, embrace these three doubts and always have them and, and even these suspicions like if you live your life simply by suspicion you will be unable to attain dhyana concentration um, and even if you do get dhyana concentration if you're able to uh, in some miraculous way be able to attain a consistent state of concentration it won't last long because immediately for again you doubt the uh, yourself, you doubt the teacher and you doubt the Dharma. Uh, there'll be no way in order to um, find that with any particular standard because your standard is doubt uh, based on your restless mind. So I just put this out there because this is something that is constantly uh, a practice, uh, an issue with practice and, and what modern Buddhism has kind of, the, you know, kind of uh, fell into that very few, very rarely, as the sutra says, the Lotus Sutra says, it's very rare to find people who actually practice the Dharma, Buddha Dharma. For people who actually uphold and have faith in the Buddha Dharma is extremely, exceptionally rare. And that Buddhism in itself, where you, as you can see, the Dharma ending age, people don't even really, um, people want to change the Dharma too. <laughs> That's a new thing. Um, as we can see, everything is being changed now with social norms and, and, and instead of understanding it within context and, and, and looking into the basic of practice, even you'll see many people changing uh, the Buddha's teaching to better fit their belief of society or belief of social structure or behaviors, etc. And uh, that be that becomes a problem because actually... That is, of course, uh, diluting the Dharma based on someone's concepts. And, and this is just another, again, another form of restlessness um, that people cannot simply practice Buddhism, uh, that you can see, and it's as plain as day, the influence and, and behavior of their ego that enters into the equation. That's why they um, believe that the Dharma is not enough. So, you know, I leave you with the question. I mean, uh, are you one of these doubters? Are you one? I mean, is this how you live your life? And again, it's not talking about the doubting of the essence of truth or that it's just these extremely uh, simplistic doubts um, that will block the gate, the entrance to the practice of Buddhism, the path of Buddhism. And uh, of course, um, delude people on the path dilute the path 
um, and of course, uh, ultimately destroy Buddhism. So as we can see, uh, Buddhism is usually not destroyed by uh, used all the time by outsiders, by those within Buddhism, uh, such as uh, Nietzsche and Shonen said, it says in the Lotus Sutra, those evil priests, those evil practitioners. And what it means by that is that those who do not have faith in the Buddhist and the Buddhist practice and the Buddha's wisdom, Buddhist teaching, but wish to change it uh, to again better suit themselves, that illusionary self. So, uh, I hope that you find this uh, broadcast uh, informative. I hope it gives you some room for thought. Uh, and of course, if you ever have any questions or wish to uh, practice with us, please always uh, contact me. Uh, at seattlebuddhist.org um, I'm always happy when people sincerely uh, wish to practice and overcome suffering and, and, and understand the meaning of their true nature so thank you very much uh, for your time today Namu Myoho Renge Kyo